All those who are kindergarten through fifth grade, kindergarten through fifth grade, if you make your way up to the front uh, for your teacher to lead you down. Those who are three, four, and five-year-olds, both your groups, your groups are going to meet you in the back there, the three-year-olds to one class and fours and fives to another. So, oh my goodness, I've missed you guys. <laughs> I've, I've not had anybody say, and, and then some of you might say, well, you've been gone? Anybody say that? Uh, we, Linda and I went on our, our little vacation trip, and, and it was successful because when we got back, I took my blood pressure, and it was like 122 over 68, or, and that was really, really good for me. So if you say that, that that's a measurement of did we uh, uh, have a good vacation, that, that would be a good measurement. Because it's not always the best. And, and uh, getting away, we at least had the opportunity to relax, right? Um, I did want to say, man, I appreciate the fact always that we have good men that we could turn to uh, in the times that I, that I could get away. And uh, so I appreciate so much Bud, uh, who preached, and, and also Jared, who uh, preached, Jared Landreth, who preached last week, and, and just... Uh, uh, appreciate the fact that we have men uh, who are elders, our leaders, who can present the word. And I think that that's something that, that is a foundation and something solid for us to always look at. Uh, now, I know that we're well into summer, but uh, because of us being gone, uh, I, I am beginning kind of a, a summer series. And, and through the rest of the summer, our focus on Sunday mornings is going to be on a few of the characters of the Old Testament, some selected characters uh, that we could look to, turn to in the Old Testament, learn from. Uh, now, I know that uh, uh, we're separated by a different age and time, and, and definitely technology and, and advances are, are making a lot of, uh, of differences, but, but you know, the things that they face are very similar to the things that we face today. And Uh, there's a lot that we can learn from Old Testament characters. There's a lot to, to be learned. And this morning we're going to begin with the book of Ruth. If we want to go ahead and turn it up, only a short book, uh, four chapters. And even though this book is named after Ruth, there are actually three characters uh, that, that we're going to look at within this story. Within the story of Ruth, there's actually three. In that it would include Ruth herself. Uh, our focus is going to be on the sad story of Naomi today. The sad story of Naomi can be found in that first chapter. The story is about Naomi and her family escaping the troubles of a famine. Uh, they actually move from their home, which is Bethlehem. We know that, which is actually for them many years later, that, that place where Jesus is going to be born. So they moved from Bethlehem, they were Israelites, and they moved to the, the territory of Moab, uh, that pagan, I'll, I'll emphasize this, pagan territory of Moab uh, to escape this famine. Her husband, shortly after they make that move, Elimelech dies and leaves Naomi alone with her two sons, Malon and Kilian. Over a 10-year period, both her sons marry Moabite women. Uh, Malon marries Ruth, and Kilion marries Orpah. Uh, then, immediately after, 
Tragically, each of Naomi's sons die without having children of their own. No grandchildren. Three, you know, which in our story uh, leaves these three ladies widowed and alone. They had to fend for themselves. Naomi hears that the famine is over back in Bethlehem. And she decides to go home. She then has this conversation with her, her daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah. All right? Uh, can you hear me? Am I going in and out? I am going in, that, in and out. I think I need new batteries. Is that, is that what it is? Until it comes in, I will yell. We're going we're gonna to read the passage of Scripture. Uh, again, uh, from that brief story, there's not a lot of explanation or, or depth into the story I just went through. Uh, uh, let me go through it again. This family, Naomi's family, moves to Moab. They, uh, they end up, because of the famine, uh, husband dies, sons in that time marry a couple of Moabite ladies. There I am. That sounds more consistent. They marry a couple of Moabite ladies. Then they die. And, and then Ruth decides to return home. And she has this conversation we're about to read out of the scriptures with her daughters-in-law. Beginning verse 8, if you want to follow with me together. Uh, then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find, or find rest in the home of, your, uh, of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud, and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you, have come, why would you come with me? Am I going to have more, any more sons? Who would become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. And even, even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand is against me. Uh, as, as we look here, you know, Naomi is, is under a, a, a lot of difficulties. She, she is frustrated. She is hurting. And, and matter of fact, even after, after this statement to her daughters-in-law, verse 14, Orpah does exactly what she requested. She returns. Gives her a kiss, embraces her. I believe both these daughters-in-law loved, uh, loved Ruth, which kind of shows her, her character. I mean, uh, Naomi, I'm sorry. I think they, they both genuinely love Naomi in the embracing and kissing and, and, and desire to go on with her. Naomi, uh, Naomi convinces Orpah to leave, but Ruth stays with her. 
Uh, Ruth insists on staying with her and commits to her. And that's another story we're going we're di- we're gonna to deal with. Again, our focus is on Naomi this morning. Um, Naomi said in this passage, I want, to, I want you to especially catch this, that the Lord's hand has turned against me. The Lord's hand has turned against me. In her story, she faced famine and exile in Moab. Um, she, meaning that she left behind her relatives, her people, her nation. And, and she faced the horrible loss of, of her husband and, and then her two sons as well. And even the hurt of not having grandchildren. Uh, she had great burden. Naomi had, had new troubles and hardship and she believed that God was responsible for it. In her words, God's hand is, is against me. Have you ever felt like Naomi? Let me, let me just ask you right there. That one statement. Have you ever felt like God is against you because of the circumstances of life? Maybe a loss of a loved one, sickness, maybe a, a pandemic takes place, or, or you know, ugliness within your nation. Or You just think about it. Even broken relationship uh, between you and your wife, or, or you and a child, or uh, numerous things. Uh, that, that could take place. Maybe not just like Naomi's, but, but maybe there's some similarities where you're saying, oh man, God is definitely against me. Uh, I, I want to spend some time this morning just answering, uh, you know, what would we say to Naomi? Oh, what could we present before Naomi that would be an encouragement for her? And, and, and I believe there's definitely some things that could be said. Um, she faced the horrible loss of her, her husband and everything else. Let, let me catch up to where I am. Uh, here's what I want to do. First of all, if we had Naomi with us today or those who are hurting, here's what we would say. First of all, in the, in the outline, if God is against me, I have a good reason for despair. I, and I'm, let's just speak the truth first of all, okay? If God is against me, if that's true, then, then you have good reason to despair is what we could tell Naomi. And, and Naomi is definitely right. Despair, that meaning there is no hope if God is against you. The question we have this morning, Naomi, is, is God truly against you? I think that's a question that needs to be answered. Uh, we can clearly see where Ruth's troubles come from. If we, you know, part of that, we could look into the scriptures. Uh, matter of fact, let's, let's look a little closer to Ruth here, especially the first verse. We get an idea of the circumstances around this story of Ruth and them moving in. The period of time is in the time of the judges. As you see, the very first phrase in Ruth, it says, In the days when the judges ruled. Now, matter of fact, even the location is Ruth is right, right after the book of Judges. Are you familiar with the judges? As that period of all the conquests have taken place, they're settling into that area of, of uh, Judah, and Israel, all of Israel, all their locations. And how are they being conducted? Uh, well, actually, the end of, of Judges opens the door and helps us understand even more. Judges 21, verse 25 says, and this is out of the ESV, in, in those days there was no king, and, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. We'll get into that a little bit later. So there was, there was absolute trouble that was taking place. Well, saying that there is no king meant, you know, this is before the time of Saul, King Saul, and King David. 
And, and that idea as well is this, that nor was God in leadership over them. God was in, they didn't even have this perspective that God was leading. And you especially tell because of what they said. Uh, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. They had that, they, they were led by their own perspective. Sound familiar? <laughs> Maybe we'll get to that. But, but during this time of, of Naomi, people, uh, people were going to have trouble and hardship when they failed to follow after God. They're going to have trouble to, to, to they're going to have those troubles and hardships if they fail to follow after God. You, we, we can look at that into the scriptures, specific scriptures that are given to the people of Israel. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28. The beginning of that, it says, hey, listen, if you follow what I say, if you obey, there's going to be blessings. That's the first 14 verses. In verse 18 of Deuteronomy chapter 8, there's going to be troubles coming. What, what kind of troubles? Well, it's going to be troubles in childbearing. And, and, and both, both uh, Naomi's sons did not provide any kind of uh, heir to, to their father. No child was born. Uh, there's going to be troubles in the land. It's not going to produce famine. Uh, and matter of fact, all throughout Judges, we know that there were other nations who came up against and, and brought uh, Israel into uh, oppression time and time again, and they were released. It was a continued time of disobedience before God. And, and Ruth lived in that time. And so whether it was the sin, you know, it was it a specific sin from, from Naomi? We're not sure. But definitely amongst the people, and everybody felt it, the continued disobedience caused trouble and frustration. Uh, we, can, we can actually show Naomi all that and say, you wonder about the trouble? It, God said it was going to happen. God said trouble was going to come upon you because of disobedience. What, what's great about that, you could also turn and say, uh, there is actually a cho choice amongst this trouble. You could, you could choose to either continue to disobey and be condemned or humbly return to the Lord. God's mercy was available. And, and if you want to look at that, Deuteronomy 28 laid out the blessings, but also the curses for disobedience. In Deuteronomy 30, it comes along and says that God is going to reveal his mercy or, or give you mercy if you choose to return. What does that mean? If I choose to, to humbly return and, and move myself back into obedience before him. So there was, there was a, a choice that everyone, everyone in Israel had. As a nation, they had a choice, but every individual had that choice as well. Now, there, there is a question here. I'm going to handle it just real quickly. I started diving into this, but we have to think they, they moved into Moab. Is there a problem with that? You know, Elimelech moved his family into Moab because of the famine. He could have chose to stay. Not everybody moved out of Bethlehem. A uh, number of people stayed there. Uh, and, and, and some thoughts, well, you know, well, they should have stayed and trusted God. But we even look back in Scripture. There's others who left their territory, head to places uh, for relief because of famine. Remember Jacob going to Egypt, which was a great thing that God used. And, and perhaps God is also using this as part of the story as well. Uh, also, in that, which would really specifically be, be a problem against what God's law has established, both sons married Moabite women 
Oh, no. Oh, there, there's, there's some unfaithfulness seeming to be uh, happening in her family. So, so we can't say remove Naomi and say, well, she was a righteous woman here and that the rest of the nation was poor. We have to think that Naomi herself did not make some good choices. And, and that, that would be us as well. Matter of fact, let me, let me take us here. This does sound very similar to our, our day to day, doesn't it? To say, within this period, to say that everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Does that sound familiar? Or we could put it in different terms. He said, well, you have your truth and I have my truth. And, and, and we could just all be happy and, and if we just accept that everybody has the truth of their own and live. No. Last week I heard in a sermon that, that the truth actually causes conflict. The, the truth is going to cause conflict. Some people who are going to reject it, some people are going to live it. There's going to be conflict between those folks. And let me tell you what, we have a reason to believe in the truth uh, because we know the creator. Well, well, what truth is there? Uh, the truth is absolutely laid out according to God. According to the one who created us, who designed us, who brought us about, who, who has established, you know, a, a way to live life right and a, lay, a way to ignore and turn our backs on God. Matter of fact, for us today, we would look to Romans 1, which would be very comparable to Deuteronomy chapter 28, right? Hey, you're going to have trouble if you're disobedient before God. You're going to have trouble if you continue to ignore God. That's Romans chapter 1, verse, uh, beginning verse 18. Read through the rest of that chapter. See the troubles that are coming because of their sinful, because of our sinfulness. Now, now, Naomi needs to understand the troubles are caused because we have failed to listen to God. We failed to be obedient to Him. Now, there's a second lesson I think is really important to tell or to share with Naomi, and it's this. We bring grief on ourselves when we fail to follow God through our troubles. We bring grief upon ourselves when we fail to follow God through our troubles. When there is no hope, it means that there's nothing good coming, right? When, when you are in despair, that's a, that's a difficult place that, that to be lifted from. Because when you have no hope, there, there's just nothing to move you forward. And that was Naomi. Uh, she attempted to send Ruth away and Orpah away. She, she did her best and, and did it, for I believe, for their sakes. You know, what, how, how was she saying that? I have nothing for you. I have nothing for you because the hand of my God is against me. Do you, you hear the hopelessness in her own words? They, they, I, I believe this was Naomi's plan. Naomi's plan is to live miserable. Have you, have you known some people like that? I, that? Their whole outlook and perspective of life is, I'm going to continue, I'll continue going to work, I'll continue just, just being around, living, doing what I need to do, but my plan is I'm just going to be miserable the rest of my life. Now, a lot of times that's seen in, in people's attitudes and actions. Well, here, here I, I want to move just a little bit further in this, this uh, first chapter and, and look at what Naomi said, 19 and 21, as, as we see Ruth and Naomi arriving in Bethlehem from, 
returning from Moab. Uh, oh, shoot, sorry. Somehow I turned that page. Uh, here, back, back to Ruth and verses 19. Here's what she said. <sighs> That's Samuel. I, man, too, too good of a vacation, obviously. Ruth chapter 1, now verse 19. So the two women, that would be Ruth and Naomi, went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. It sounds like, you know, the city, you know, relatives and, and relations were, were relatives were, were excited about seeing Naomi return. And, and the women of that city exclaimed, can this be Naomi? And Naomi's response, listen carefully, he says this, don't call me Naomi. The, the, the name Naomi means pleasure. She told them, call me Mara. Mara means bitter. And, and matter of fact, the verse goes on to say, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? Why call me by the name that means pleasure? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Do you hear that? I'm just going to be miserable. And, and, and I, I want to be careful because I, it's, it's difficult to paint a picture of Naomi because I believe that she loved well. I believe that, that she loved her husband. I believe she loved her sons. And I believe she also loved her daughters-in-law. But, but I believe that everything that she saw for the future was gone. There was nothing left. It's all been taken away. She left Bethlehem with a husband and two sons and returned. Oh, yeah, she had a, a, a daughter-in-law. But, but she, again, she had nothing to offer her daughter-in-law. This, this is just miserable. Have you been at that place? Are, are you there now? Just saying, that's it. I have no hope. There's nothing left for me. What can we say to her? I, I believe this statement is important. There's never a time that we should cease to place our hope and faith in God and deliver to him the praise that he deserves. Our God is good. Let me say that again. There's never a time that we should cease to place our hope and faith in God and deliver to him the worship, the praise that he deserves. For what? Because God is good. God is good. And let me tell you what. God is a benefit to his people. He is a benefit to his people. Uh, what, what can we learn from Naomi? Or what, what can we tell her? And, and, and I believe this statement, and hopefully it's written in your outline, that there is no better place to be than living on the righteous side of God's story. There's, there's no better place to be than living on the righteous side of God's story. Well, how do you do that? Man, we, we have faced difficulties. You've gone through troubles. And I will guarantee you troubles are yet to come. Heavy burdens that some of us are going to bear you know, maybe it's coming soon, maybe later, there is going to be more trouble for each one of us. What do you do in the midst of trouble? Despair? I, I believe what we need to, to share with Naomi and what I share with anyone who feels 
like Naomi or feels that the hand of God is against you. The one place is, first of all, Lord, consider me. Is there sin? I, I, man, is there sin or is there something in my life where I've not been obedient? And then repent and, and return. That word return. Deuteronomy chapter 30. It's the same thing that we do. When, when we have gone astray or we are dabbling in sinfulness. It, it, there is that time of, of consider my life. What am I doing? Am, is there an offense in my life before God? Because we have a Savior where we could be cleansed and return, right? Isn't that right? There's a place where we return. But there's also that place, it, you know, I, I think it even says in the Old Testament. I mean, it's clear it says in the Old Testament that it rains on the just and the unjust, yeah, troubles are going to come upon believers. Even in James, it's pretty clear that those troubles come. It is, it is for your own benefit so that you could stretch and grow. So whenever difficulties come, you don't turn your eyes off God. You don't turn away and begin to think, oh, God's against me. The, I, the, the phrase is, God is good. God is good. God is good to his people. Continue in your faithfulness. Continue in your praise until, until that final day you draw your last breath. There is no better way to live your life than he is the center of all, uh, all my life. He, he is the, the priority in my life. Everything else could be taken away. There, again, there is nothing worse than having God against us. I don't believe that God was against Naomi because of her story, the story of Ruth. I want to come to this final point, and this is really for us, but I think it could be said to Ruth as well. God, Naomi, if you just wait, if you just wait, her circumstances would have been totally different if, Naomi, if Ruth did not decide to stay, right? There would be no story. There would be no book of Ruth. But there's a reason for it. And, and it, it, it's very significant that we're going to see as we go through this. The last point I want to make is that God cares for us today. God is good. He cares for us today. Even through our troubles. And through Jesus, he has our future as well. Man, that's, that's one thing we can hold on to. No matter what happens today, that, that what I have is a secured eternity through Jesus Christ. Is that a reason for joy? I'm a little concerned that, that, that you're the only one, okay? <laughs> there, there's a reason. There's a reason we worship. There's a reason that, that Eric chooses the praise songs that we have and, and that we're led in those. It, it's, it, it's words I hope you are paying attention to and are in agreement with as you sing them about praises to the God who's provided a Savior in Jesus. Do you understand what we have I am his child. Does he know that I'm going through troubles? Absolutely. Is it okay to bring my troubles before him? Absolutely. And part of that is, God, here it is. I'm going to lay it in your hands. You, you know my will. Heal, restore, change the circumstances. But Father, no matter what, your will be done. Because why? Because he's good. And, and he not only has my today, he has my tomorrow. He has my eternity. 
Is there a reason to live in, even in the midst of circumstances with some joy? Because I could say, he is my God. I belong to him. Uh, through Jesus Christ, I belong to him. And I am his child, and he cares for me. He loves me. Even in the midst of circumstances, we are able to hold on to that. That's where we find our joy. No matter the circumstances we face, God is good. Uh, there are definitely troubles ahead. I'll, I'll say that one more time. But the fact is, through this story, matter of fact, I'll, I'll say this. This will be unfolded more and more. What's the significance of this book of Ruth? What's the, you know, why is it even recorded and written? Because you read through there, there is no thus says the Lord. And you say, well, man, it's just a wonderful story. It sounds really cool. We could see faithfulness from, from Ruth and, and some, some real action out of Boaz, who we'll talk about later on. But why is this in here? I, 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 just encouragement, the things that I read pointed out that, that they, it's believed that this was written in defense of some kings to come. I said kings to come. This Moabite woman is a part of David's story. It is part of the genealogy of one of the kings of Israel. This, this Moabite woman, this pagan woman, is part of David's story. Or some think, well, okay, this Moabite woman is part of Josiah's story. Some people who rose up would look back and say, hey, you're not a pure blood. And in, in, in Matthew chapter 1, this, this lady, Ruth, and Naomi, was part of Jesus' story. That, that just fascinates me over and over again. When you look at Matthew's genealogy, there's two ladies in there, Rahab and Naomi. I mean, Rahab and Ruth, sorry. Uh, both of them uh, pagans. One was a prostitute. And, and here, here this lady has come from pagan Moab. You know who's not in there? Sarah, Abraham's wife. Rachel uh, or Rebecca. The, the patriarch's wives aren't listed. But those two ladies are. And they have amazing stories, each one of them, because of their faith. We'll talk about I'm getting into to, to Ruth way too much uh, of why this book is written. Uh, isn't it amazing how God, in all those poor circumstances, used a lady like Naomi, was able to use a family like, like uh, uh, Elimelech and, and Naomi's family to be a part of such a lineage that, that would bring about Jesus? I, I don't know. What, what are you thinking that God has in store for you? For your children? For your children's children? There's a kingdom, an eternal kingdom that has begun, that Jesus ushered into this world that's working in our lives. There's no location or anything. The kingdom is located in every single believer. And on that day when Jesus calls us all together, we're going to realize that, that coming together the kingdom, we're going to see what God has in store for us. But his kingdom is working and moving forward today. And you are those of you in Jesus are all a part of that. You're a part of that. Do you think God wants to use you as a part of that story? Let, let me remind you, I, I believe the same things that we could teach Naomi are the same things that we need to embrace and hold on to. First of all, if you believe that God is against you, that's a terrible place to be. Because God can be against you and, and uh, there is no, no worse place. 
that you could be. I mean, name the sicknesses, name death, name, name the tragedies. Nothing could be worse than having God against you. The, the question is, is that true? I mean, you can make that choice. Is God going to be against me? Or it, to follow him, it, it means to listen and, and, and follow what he says. And it's going to take Jesus, right? Jesus is that provision. And, and, and also, you need to know that God cares for us today and that through Christ he has our eternity. We have our eternity because of Jesus through, through God. Let me, let me repeat this one last phrase and then we're going to pray. There is no better place. There is no better place to be than living on the righteous side of God's story. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you for Jesus. We praise you, Father, for the opportunity we have to come before you and to pray, uh, to give you the praise that you deserve. You are good. You are holy and righteous and and. and uh, without Christ, we have no connection. So we, we praise you for Jesus today and the fact that you have brought us into that secure relationship through Christ, through the, his covering of blood. Father, we just ask that you be our strength. Help us, Lord, in our life that when we face troubles, Lord, that we know it's actually that opportunity to grow in our faith and our trust and confidence that you are good, that you have provided. Lord, may we put our faith in you and in the Savior that you gave us. Lord, I do pray uh, that, that uh, when, when trials come, that you will be our strength. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.